Hello, this is Alexander Siddig, and you're listening to Neil Before Pod, and don't tune out. Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. Hello and welcome to another Neil Before Pod flashcast. It's been a while since we've done one of these, but there's a trailer for Star Trek, so we haven't talked about Star Trek in at least a week. So with me is my 23rd century bridge crew, Nick. Hey. And Sandy. Whoop whoop. Whoop whoop. How are we all? Yeah, we're good. I'm fine. Excellent, excellent. So, it's a big week for, for nerdy stuff. Um, trailers appearing all over the shop. Um, little A little trailer for the new Star Trek series has appeared and the internet is ablaze with chat, so we're kind of late to the party, but we're here. It's like we've arrived late at Wolf 359. Everyone's destroyed and then we're here. Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't I don't get it. I thought uh, Brian Singer was doing... Not Brian Singer, Brian Fuller was doing it. I didn't know Seth... Seth MacFarlane was doing Star Trek. I mean, who knew? Yeah, indeed. It's we'll, great, we'll you know? <laughs> well. It's funnier than I used to, but, you know, <laughs> the whole series is going to be like Trouble with Tribbles. I can live with that. Yeah, yeah, Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, eagle-eyed listeners will know that's a different show, which we'll probably end up talking about anyway as a means of comparison. I don't think uh, there's any probable about it. Definitely <laughs> I, I, I actually pay good money to see Seth MacFarlane do an actual Star Trek show, but, you know, I may be in a minority there. Yeah. Well, he Apart from his cameo on Enterprise. Yeah, I was about uh, to mention yeah. that. Where he says, yeah, right away, sir, or something like that. Yeah, well, the, only, the speaking part. The only slightly disturbing thing, every time he speaks, I just hear Stewie Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Curse you, vile woman! <laughs> I can't do the voice, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he says something like "right away, sir" or whatever when a yeah when Trip hands him something. Yeah, I think I hear I hear Brian because Brian's yeah, closer to his actual voice. Yeah, I I for some I just hear I know Stewie Stewie stuck in my head. But anyway, we digress. Yes, indeed. Sorry, my fault. We haven't even started. And we're already off topic. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not good with topics. <laughs> so uh, we'll what start with yeah, what are topics? So we'll start with. The trailer as its own full entity. What did we think? Nick, I you loved can go it. first. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great. Um, I, I can see how people are going to be unhappy with it, but I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, there's changes there. It doesn't really look like it could. Well, you know what? I think there's something stylistically about it. It looks almost like it's an evolution from Forbidden Planet, which in some ways I think is actually appropriate. Um, almost as if J.J. Abrams did Forbidden Planet is almost the look, which, considering Forbidden Planet is almost a precursor to Star Trek, is not entirely inappropriate. But I can see how people wouldn't like it. But I, I think it looks great. I enjoyed the trailer. I'm old enough to remember the furore when TNG came out and everybody, including me, hated it initially because it wasn't our Star Trek. But So, you know, I'm, I'll keep an open mind. I enjoyed the trailer. I'm looking forward to it. The series, that is. <laughs> Sandy, Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, it made perfect sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, I can't really add anything to it, really, uh, to that. I'm, I'm exactly on the, I'm on the same path as, uh, as Nick there. As it, lo- it looks interesting. It's definitely uh, 
got a more reimagining vibe to it. I think what they're doing to to Trek is what Sci-Fi did to uh, Battlestar Galactica. I think that's what the, that's the road they're going down. Yeah, I, I kind of got that impression a little bit. Um, I like the look of it. Uh, my main reservations came on a visual level. I think some of it looks a little bit cheap. There's some really bad green screen in there, um, particularly in the external shots where they're you know where. Uh, Michael or Michelle or however you pronounce her name is in space. It'll be you know, Michael. Yeah, you can tell. It's Keep in mind, it may not be final effects yeah, work. Yeah, it's probably trailer effects. They probably pushed something out quickly. Yeah, let's hope so. Because um, obviously, for a flagship show on a, a streaming network thing, it needs to not look quite as bargain basement. Because, because <laughs> you know, I have seen some. I've seen better looking fan films in terms of visual effects. I'm not sure I'd agree with that. And I've watched a lot. Well, unless you're not talking about just Star Trek fan films, but I've seen a lot of Star Trek fan films, and I wouldn't say I've seen better effects in Star Trek fan films. It may not be motion picture quality quite, and it may not be fully polished. But I'm not sure I'd argue I've seen better effects in fan films. Yeah, and the visuals are about the only negative I have, along with some of the sort of cheesy lines. But uh, I, I like the look of it. It's definitely a, a, a reimagining, as you said, Sandy. I think it's more, it's more in line with what the future might look like now. So I can see how some fans would get annoyed about holographic communications and stuff like that because, oh, they didn't have that in the original series. And it's like, no, well, they'd yeah. never conceived of it in the 60s, so that's why they didn't have it. You know? well, what, but they did have holograms in the original series. Yeah. Yeah, they did. We did. Uh, just let's say, one man's cheese is another man's Shakespeare. <laughs> um, I'd also point out I, while I kind of agree on the whole reimagining I do kind of lean and I know people are saying they think this is more of a prequel to the Abrams movies I'm not sure I agree with that I think stylistically it certainly looks more like a prequel to the Abrams movies but I think from a storytelling point of view I'm inclined to take them at their word that the intent is that it's a prequel to the original series it, how you line that up in your head I guess is up to everyone to make up their own minds uh, I saw John Cooley, who works for Anovos, make a very good analogy about this, about using comic books and the way different art teams draw things differently. And I sus- yeah. and, but yet these things are still in the same continuity. And I think that's a fair comparison as to how I see it. Um, I, I guess that's I guess that's not going to work for everybody. I can certainly live with that. Whether, the, but again, it's a case in point of wait and see what the show's like. It's either going to survive or not based on whether it's any good or whether people latch onto it and sometimes quality is not the defining factor in these things sometimes it's hitting the right kind of notes with the public and just gaining their attention whether it's good or bad i mean we've seen good shows fail and bad shows succeed although i guess that's kind of a matter of perspective as well yeah yeah and i think that um it's interesting that we might get to see the first truly modern Star Trek series because Enterprise wasn't a modern Star Trek series. It was it was a weird hangover from the days of Voyager and they didn't appreciate that storytelling was changing. Even in the better seasons, it was still kind of very... It felt a bit old in terms of how they were telling their stories. So I think this this show should take stock from things like The Expanse or Battlestar Galactica and how you tell a story. Maybe not in tone, but in how to tell the story. I think that's a fair point. Um, certainly, I think, 
I think Enterprise tried to evolve, certainly in its latter two seasons. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I think part of the problem Enterprise certainly had towards the in the third season is not everybody was on board with that type of storytelling from a fan point of view. Yeah. Because they were very torn between pleasing old time fans and pleasing new time fans. And I hate to kind of polarize people in old time fans. And I mean, I'm kind of both in, in a way. But um, I, I think DS9 probably balanced that one better than most of the shows. Uh, and I guess the way DS9's, I think, aging better from a storytelling point than some of the shows are uh, Voyager. Um, yeah. and, and I like Voyager, but I think DS9 storytelling certainly feels a lot more modern than any of the other shows there that's not slightly ahead of its time yeah yeah um i think enterprise tried but i think they were trying too hard to please everybody and not please everyone hopefully this show won't make that mistake i think star trek into darkness certainly made that mistake yeah um beyond didn't but i think a, a number of things kind of poisoned the well for beyond a little bit that's another discussion entirely, I guess. But hopefully they get the balance right and hopefully they get the viewership that makes it successful. And yeah, hopefully I'd... it doesn't suck. <laughs> well, that that's the key modifier, isn't it? Let's make sure it's not mm-hmm. bad. Um, but I'm interested to see what modern storytelling is like when applied to Star Trek. Because obviously character development and things being arc-driven are more common at the moment. And even things that aren't arc-driven, your character should remember what happened last week for instance mm-hmm. so it's one of those things where uh, the the character should learn from things every week and then feed them into what they do next week and they should change and evolve and you know mm-hmm. S- star trek wasn't always very good at that well the original series was particularly bad at that tng certainly dabbled in that a little bit um and you did see continuity from one season to the next on tng but again, it was very early days, and I mean that just wasn't a type of storytelling that you saw outside of soap operas back then. Yeah, or very rarely, I guess. Yeah, outside I mean, of the soap operas. Picard being assimilated by the Borg, him getting over that would take an entire season, but in today's world, at least. But other than him mentioning it now and again, he was kind of back to mm-hmm. normal the next week, and you know. Mm-hmm. And imagine if season four of TNG existed now, it would be. Picard isn't in command for the first half of the season because he's so yeah, cut up quite about, possibly, yeah. and and rightly so. I mean, I think certainly the writers on TNG recognised that that was an issue, and I mean, I mean, it's famously said that Gene Roddenberry didn't want to do a story following up on that. No, Picard would move on; he'd be fine. Blah blah blah. <laughs> but the writers on TNG insisted on doing family, and they kind of won that argument. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Gene Roddenberry was that heavily involved with TNG by that point. But because uh, his health was failing, but um, they made family, and that was certainly the right call. Can you imagine making family and drawing that out through even half of that season? You yeah. know, that could have been. I mean, that story could easily have been drawn out. Riker's off commanding the Enterprise, Picard's on Earth building yeah. under sea. You know, and how do those two stories merge again to bring him back? That that really could have been quite interesting to see. Yeah, alas. But- but the the television viewing public just wasn't ready for that kind of storytelling at that point. Well, I, I were they ready or were they not? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I suppose you'll never know. You know, I mean, I'm not I'm not what you call a huge Babylon Five fan, but I mean, Babylon Five came along and did you know arc based storytelling in a science fiction setting, whether you liked it or not. I know a lot of people do like it, and you know that had a pretty strong following. 
Um, I, I think the audience for that kind of storytelling was has always been there. I'm mm. just not convinced studios were brave enough to try it. Yeah. Or maybe forward-thinking enough to try it. Yeah. Um, I imagine this trailer, sort of getting back to the topic, um, I imagine Sorry. it's... Yeah, no, it's fine. It's all Star Trek, it's fine. Um, I imagine this trailer is mostly, if not entirely, scenes from the pilot episode. I would guess so. Yeah. Possibly even the early part of the pilot episode. Yeah, because... I don't know. I just get the impression that we're not seeing a sizzle reel of the the first half of the season or whatever. But I think they've only recently finished shooting. I think they've only shot the three yeah. episodes, maybe four. I think I'm sure Les Moonves said something about three episodes in the can, or maybe four. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so it looks like it'll be quite a busy pilot, if if that's what it is. I mean, if that's what it's all from. But well, it's possible. I mean, that story's what's going on there is spread over like two episodes I guess that could be the first two episodes yeah and I like how vague yeah I like how the vague the trailer is as well you kind of don't see an awful lot of what's going on Um, Mm -hmm. there's you don't even get a good shot of the ship which is quite brave I think think, yeah and I mean I don't think that's even the discovery I think that's the I can't say it the Shenzhou Shenzhou I don't think it's pronounced like that is it I have no idea. I, I I don't want to mispronounce it. I hate doing things like that. But yeah. um, whatever that is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I've read sort of rumours that that ship will become heavily damaged and then get renamed. Yeah, I I, I don't really. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's always possible. Maybe it becomes a Franken ship of some kind. Yeah. There, I mean, to be fair, there are bits about that ship that look kind of similar to Discovery as well. So it could. But then I I. I don't know. I, there's a lot of speculation. I, I kind of like the idea of having multiple ships and settings in this show, and I think it gives more of a depth and a, and a sense of realism to the universe that we're not just focusing on one ship and one crew. Yeah, it'd be kind of unique, yeah. But, you know... Yeah, it'll be what it'll be. I don't <laughs> yeah. mind. I'll watch anyway. Unless <laughs> it's really bad. And then yeah. I won't. And then I probably, I'll probably still watch, even if it's really bad, to be yeah. honest. It's Star Trek. Yeah, I'm a... Uh... Yeah, I'm entitled to hate this, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Sandy, you've not said anything in a while. No, no, I've been listening. <laughs> All very good points. Very, very good points. I'm not going to um, I'm not gonna judge it on just the trailer. I'm going to watch it and um, see if it's any good. Well, yeah, that's the thing. We're the built-in audience, aren't we? You know, we're, we're going to watch this no matter what is in that first trailer. It has a potential of um, of being very good. I mean, so far what I've seen, I, I like it. Uh, I like. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure about this alien that can see death coming, uh, but um, other than that, I, I like what I see so far. Uh, the costumes are confusing me a little, uh, but I think you, uh, there's a, seems to be differentiation in costumes where some of them are silver, some of them are gold, and some of them are bronze. Which kind of almost follows, it's not quite, but it's not dissimilar to the um, divisional colours in the cage. Mm. Yeah. The the colors, divisional colours in the cage were much more muted, and I wonder if they're yeah. trying to echo something along those lines. Or where no man has gone before. Or where no man has gone before. Yeah. But the cage is, again, slightly different, I think. I think there's some... 
I can't remember all the details, but I think there's some subtle differences between the cage and where no man. Um, I mean, they're pretty similar anyway. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, certainly um, much more muted colours. And the colour scheme, sorry, the colour scheme I thought of the sets was a bit reminiscent of the cage. Yeah, there's something kind of. Um, well, no, the, the word bland is wrong, but it's like. Yeah, it's kind I know of what you mean. utilitarian, isn't it? You know, they're mm-hmm. they're they're kind of under designed rather than over designed. I like look the at corridor. The, yeah, if you look corridor at the JJ Enterprise nice. bridge, that's like a mm-hmm. it's like a mess of lights and stuff going mm-hmm. on all the time. It's, but it's an Apple store. Yeah, basically. but this is it kind of is. Yeah, but this is a this bridge from what we see looks a bit function quite functional. You know, you know what? I, I'm I'm I must admit uh, I am. Uh, I do agree with some people who think it's a, a prequel to um, the JJ universe. It has it that look be. because yeah. it, I, I've seen I've seen a I've seen a screen grab of a console, and it looks very much like what the, what's what's been um, what has been dubbed P cars um, from the um, 2009. I do think they've taken a lot of visual cues from Abrams, and and the bridge, the the way the lighting and its functionality looks a lot like the Kelvin's in terms of um, style, style and aesthetics. I think there's a very sensible reason they've gone for that look, though, is it's because of what the general public who've seen the movies is familiar with, yep. and they want something yep. that looks like Star Trek to those people. Mm-hmm. Now, whether the people that think this is really a prequel to the Abrams movies or whether it's a prequel to the original series, just visually updated, at this point we don't really know. The studio is saying it's a prequel to the original series. Take them at their word if you like or not. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, um, one thing I would point out: mm-hmm. there is a split in licensing between CBS and Paramount. So, can CBS use the Abrams verse? I don't know. It's a good question. Well, if, if they uh, if they uh, write an agreement, I suppose there's nothing. Uh... If they write an agreement, they could. The question remains: Have they? Indeed, uh, yeah. but there's nothing wrong with uh, taking your style cues off something as long as you're not doing a direct copy. There's not mm-hmm. much they can do. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Abrams movies, I thought, did a really good job of updating the look of the original series to think of what would it maybe look like if it was made now. I mean, the thing is, mm-hmm. obviously, the every Star Trek series is a projection of the future as we, you know, as people understood it at the time. So, next generation people were starting to talk about the idea of having. Pam top computers and in next generation they've got tablets essentially you know and so it, it's beyond the capacity to imagine kind of thing is what informs Star Trek's look so of course the Discovery or whatever the ship is called is going to look like a bit like the Abrams movies because it's a projection of the technology we have now I think that's unavoidable as well I think if you don't you know, I, I, I would watch a show that looks like The Cage every week, but, you know, most people who aren't diehard fans would not. And, you know, I love fan films. I like Continues and Exeter and Farragut and Axanar and all these fan films that are out there. But, you know, at the end of the day, most people are not going to watch... Well, the people that watch these things are a subset and the look that's recreated in a lot of these fan films is not something that's going to sell day to day on a multi-million dollar TV show no. as much as we would want it to yeah. Yeah, and we would watch yeah, that and even, but most people wouldn't 
and even with uh, th these uh, different productions, um, you look at the viewing trends and the the donation trends that they were mm -hmm. uh, with their, uh, th and they were getting fewer and fewer and fewer. Oh yeah, people are getting annoyed. Well, not annoyed, but bored with the uh, '60s aesthetic. They they want mm -hmm. something fresh. There may be some truth to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, in my opinion, the original series aesthetic has been done to death now. Let's let's go for something new. Well, to be fair, I think that's a fair point. I mean, look at the amount of original series era fan films that are coming out now, and they're not having a lot of luck with their crowdfundings. To be fair, yeah. I, I, they're not raising like. I mean, I mean, there's pro there's multiple reasons why that could be, and we could debate that until the sun cows come home. But <laughs> I, I I think that's a fair point. Until yeah, the sun cows come home. Sun cows. It sounds like a, yeah, a maybe episode of the next generation. Maybe we could sell that idea to um, <laughs> Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> sun cows on Orville. Yeah, we're going to see the sun cows. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I, I agree. The um, the aesthetic is obviously a projection of today's uh, technology and today's sensibilities mm -hmm. and aesthetics and whatnot. Just I've, as Enterprise I've, was. Yeah, indeed. Mm -hmm. I have seen a lot of people um, harping on about, oh, it, it, but it looks, but it looks much more modern than the original series. It can't be a prequel then. It must be a new timeline. I went, no, they're not. If you were to build build sets and make a, f uh, a production today of, of the multi-million dollar production that they, these uh, that CBS is obviously um, doing here, that make look made out of flimsy sets and something that looks like it's come directly out of uh, the cage. It's going to flop. People are going to laugh at you. Yeah. They're going to go, really? Seriously? We had this in the 60s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so when you uh, saw the original Enterprise bridge on, in, on Enterprise, you know, in the Mirror Universe episodes, there was a kind of, there was a novelty factor to it. It's like, oh, look yeah. at this. It's like, but, you know, it looks retro enough to be, to look like as a one off in the future, you know. But as, part of a, as part of a tribute, yeah. great. Yeah. But for a day-to-day -day show... Mm -hmm. Outside of a fan film where you've got a particular audience that wants that kind of thing, yeah, it, it, it just wouldn't fly as much as any of us would want to see it fly. And we would, I mean, I would tune into this, but, you know, yeah. it, it's the not general public that watches stuff would not. It's not something you, that would make money. No, and you've got shows like The Expanse or Battlestar or anything like that. That's the kind of shows that people are going to tune into. And you put something on that looks like something that was made in 1960 next to it, what are they going to watch? Yeah. Well, exactly. Battlestar is an interesting one from a design point of view because the point of the Battlestar Galactica ship is that it was old. So, you know, it had analog controls and all that stuff. So, um, but there was a, there was kind of a, an it aged still looked look like about future it. tech, though. Yeah. Apart from all the medical monitors in there, which are actually, you know, like current day medical monitors, but, you know, that's another matter yeah, entirely. And they, were and they were typing on keyboards and pressing buttons mm -hmm. rather than touching screens. But, but you know, that kind of worked. Yeah. But the thing is, it was real technology. It yeah. wasn't like made up plywood things yeah. with flashy lights on it. So, it, it you know, it had. It felt real because it was real. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the intercoms that you see them wearing, uh, using all the time, and. Uh, uh, and uh, you see a da uh, when Adama picks up that headset, that's an actual <laughs> factual military um, communication device. Yeah. They used a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Indeed. And that grounded it. Yeah, it made exactly. it, it, you know, it's, yeah. 
Yeah, and there's a bit of retro about this Discovery trailer as well, because the communicator looks pretty unweird, <coughs> you know. Oh, did you see how mm-hmm. she flipped that open? Yeah. That was... She's been practicing. <laughs> yeah. Because so she must have been practicing. Someone's been coaching on how to flip yeah. that communicator open, because that, that doesn't look like someone who who's just playing a part and they've done that for the first time. Yeah. I mean, th- there is a way to flip open the communicator, and she did it properly. I like that. Sorry, I was just geeking out on that. No, it was yeah, cool. It was cool. Uh, yeah, but they so it, it it looks like some of the tech will look kind of retro and and everything else looks pretty advanced. I think if you dropped the the prequel label and and told us it was set after Voyager, people would believe it as well. Mm-hmm. Probably, Quite possible. Yeah. Someone, someone, uh, I saw a briefly saw a post on Facebook somewhere um, where someone had screenshotted. Um, one of the desert planet scenes that mm-hmm. we see in the trailer, and has circled round what looks like a original series tricorder. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's on a that's over the shoulder of um, I can't remember which character it is, um, but uh, someone said oh, that looks very much like an original series tricorder. So it, it it could be that there will be little nods to established um, tech. I, I think there will be. So. Yeah. There's got to be. I mean, the, they'll just be little Easter eggs or, you know, maybe exactly. someone will try and use the, the old tricorder and be like, oh, what's with this piece of crap? It doesn't do anything, you know. And if they do something like that, then that will convince me that they actually do care about this. Because you don't do things like that if you're just going, let's just make money. Yeah. But the, there was a couple of things that jumped out at me from the trailer that made me think the um, there was a bit of Star Trek ethos about it. There's the line about the, they've discovered something that they can't identify. And um, I think it's the Michael character says, it would be irresponsible to leave whatever it is unknown. You know, it's, mm. well, they're going to do some exploring, even though this is fundamentally a bit of a war story, I think. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other line, Starfleet doesn't fire first. Well, yeah, that was a good one. First, I think. Yeah. I, I liked that. That's I the went, captain that mm, says maybe that. These, yeah. yeah, I think maybe these people are do get it after all. Yeah, but this first officer is very kind of shoot first, so. Yeah, well, um, Riker was a little, a little bit, um, a little bit like that. Yeah, <laughs> he was. So uh, that, that, that there is a peasant for that, and it doesn't. I've heard some people say, "Oh, she's a hothead. She has no, she has no uh, place on the bridge." And I went, oh, "We've had characters like that before, and everybody's perfectly fine with it." Well, she's apparently been yeah. on the bridge for like seven years, so yeah. I liked the the line that says, at the "Time, it's time that you uh, command your own ship." Maybe that's when the discovery comes in. That um, Yeo is uh, she's the um, captain of uh, the yeah the word <laughs> the na- that name yeah uh, Shenzhou. Uh, she's the captain of the Shenzhou, and I think maybe then um, our commander there gets her own ship, and that's the discovery. That's the way I think mm-hmm. it's going to go. That is the weirdest Except performance she's not review to be I've ever the seen. Captain. No, she's, she's supposed not, to be a lieutenant commander, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, or maybe that that was just um, seeds that they sowed to um, make us talk about it, and that's not actually. What well, maybe. Or maybe the captain gets killed in the first episode. It's quite possible. It's very yeah. possible. Any, anything's possible right now. But I always uh, we just don't know at the moment. I always thought the Voyager should have started like that with uh, Janeway as the first officer and uh, the captain of Voyager gets killed and then she has to 
um, take command, but then Chakotay's there and he's more experienced. So that would have been really cool. No, yeah, okay, but fair enough. But I, st- I still like the way it, it went down, though. Um, her, her first officer is killed, and she has to bring uh, a marquee in uh, into the fold as her first officer. I thought that actually brought in um, a nice, uh, a nice storyline. Yeah. Plus, Kate yeah, Mulgrew couldn't play they didn't, <laughs> they didn't go very anywhere with that character. Yeah. No, they should. They should have done. I would have seen. I would have enjoyed a lot more um, conflict between the two. Uh, where and there should have been where, where he's where his marquee side comes uh, comes to the fore every so often, and she has to slap him down verbally. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it looks like there'll be plenty of conflict in this show. Um, well, there's yeah, a, uh, there's a I couple of admit, shots of the, them arguing. The whole lighting uh, of the of the bridge as well lends itself to a more militaristic look. So, if you're mm-hmm. going for a militaristic look, you're obviously going to have uh, some more um, militarized themes. I'm guessing. Yeah, possibly. I, uh, I like the uniforms too. They they remind me of the Kelvin ones a little bit, but they do, they do actually. I do like the costumes, and again, they look to me like something that has an almost fifty sci-fi vibe to it. Yeah, with the uh, especially with the uh, at, mm-hmm. uh, on, at the shoulders where the the those um, metalized rings. Yeah. They, th- that, that yeah. actually that almost has a future armor thing to it. Yeah. 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 Maybe. But yeah, it's kind of—it's almost like to me an updated version of something that could have been designed in the fifties. Which, if you think about it, yeah. a prequel to sixties Star Trek kind of should look like that. Yeah, although it's got the—it's um, got the extra detail that you kind of mm-hmm. like in the Abrams movies. They were wearing the mm-hmm. um, the original uniforms, but they were the you know there was a lot more detail. Yeah, to they had the little um, Starfleet deltas in the. Actually, that's one thing I don't like about the Abrams. I think those little deltas in it, are, and about these costumes, the deltas are a little bit. That I don't know. I think that was a fussy. That was mm. that was a direct attempt to stop people copying it. Oh, quite probably. Yeah, yeah. didn't really work. Uh, well, one thing. One thing <laughs> that's confusing me uh, on the costumes that we've seen so far: there doesn't appear to be any sort of rank designation. There are. They're on the badge. Is it on the badge? It's on this delta. They, they've got pips on the delta. Interesting. And funnily enough, they match up. They seem to match up to the TNG pips. Uh huh. Well, it's easier to well, understand. Enterprise did that. <laughs> Enterprise did that. They just instead of round pips, they were squared off with a, a little yeah. bit of raised relief. So, mm-hmm. uh, the, so there's little there's little circular pips on the on the uh, stuff insignia. Yeah. Uh, well, and there is pre- precedence in in the Trek universe. Of rank designations going here, there, and everywhere. And look, look at the Wrath of Khan rank designations. Mm-hmm. Future and um, perfect. Okay, that indeed. was like you know a fantasy, but but it's still canon. At the end yeah. of the mm-hmm. day, it's uh, so the fact that, it, that they've got pips doesn't wor- uh, well supposedly got pips. Don't that doesn't worry me at all. No, me neither. I I would prefer if they'd used pips kind of echoing more towards the original series kind of stripes, but. You know, I, I it, it's such a minor gripe. It doesn't really bother me. At first, I thought those shoulder stripes would coincide with rank. So did I. I thought, oh, oh, she's got four stripes. Does that mm-hmm. mean that the commander's got uh, two, uh, three, or two and a half, or whatever? Mm-hmm. No, they've all got. Uh, looks like it's got. Looks like it's four stripes. Although uh, mm-hmm. the ca- captain does seem to have more embellishment on the shoulders. 
Yeah. So, yeah. I think soon. So the, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing everybody's uh, take on these costumes because um, I'm fairly certain conventions are going to be uh, awash with them soon enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever well, the probably. first convention after airing is, you you'll get them. Oh, they're, they're, I'm they're, sure Novos will. Um, yeah. We'll have, them we'll we'll fail eventually. to fulfill their orders on on those as well. Um, <laughs> I, I, I I bit my tongue the other day when they when they when they when they posted something. I thought I thought they were posting that they were actually selling going to be uh, selling uh, Discovery uh, costumes, and I um, I I was going to post saying, "Buy now, never get." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I suspect they will be selling them eventually. Oh, absolutely. They're, 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 uh, well, actually, they've been very—they've actually been pulling back a lot from their Trek stuff, and uh, and I noticed that as well, actually. Star Wars, which worries me slightly, but oh well. Yeah. There's perhaps uh, it's not profitable enough for them. Yeah. So, returning back to topic, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sarek's in this trailer quite a lot, uh, which I find interesting. Yes, he is. Yeah, well, I like I like his um, I like how he's talking down to Spock. I don't yeah, think it's Spock. No, I think it's a, a young version of Michael. It's Burnham. Yeah, because um, I, think. I think she grew up on Vulcan. Yeah, it's That's certainly implied that there's some relationship between the two of them dating back, which would also explain why he seems to be talking to her later in the trailer as an adult. Yeah, yeah, okay. The question is what that. Re- what the relationship between the two of them is. Yeah, and I think if this that Sarek, is indeed the case. And I, I, I like this Sarek a, a lot a better than the... Um, yeah, he is. Uh, but I like this version better than the Abrams version already. I never liked yeah, the Abrams version. I don't, I I'm was, not so sure about that. Yeah. I don't know, I always get I, the impression I, that Sarek... I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah. I always get the impression that Sarek in his younger days is, was a bit of a... A hard ass, you know. Dick. Yeah, well. He may well have been. Yeah. Um, to be so, fair, this isn't much in his younger days, but it's only ten years before the original series. <laughs> that's true. So yeah, well, he was a, he was a hard ass in the original series. So maybe he aged quickly in those ten years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I wonder if we'll get some reason for his heart condition later on. Oh yeah, maybe. Or maybe they'll just kind of forget maybe about something that, that happens no to him during the series. <laughs> Maybe something that happened to him during the series is the reason he had a heart condition in the original series. Could be. Or if he's just going to sit in an office via hologram and talk to people. One thing. Well, one that's thing entirely I, possible too. One thing I will say, though, is um, they definitely made the right casting choice because we all knew instantly that that's Eric. There was no... There was no... Yeah. Th- there's no questioning that is Sarek. Yeah. It's not some, uh, you know, some Saval, Saval-like tar- character. It is Sarek. Uh, I think uh, who they cast for, I can't remember his name, but when I f- saw... James Frain. When I saw yep. that they uh, cast him, I went, yeah, yeah, that's a Sarek. Yeah, um, what do you think of the Klingons as we see them? I don't like the fact that they, they seem to chant like those little things in... Um, in uh, beyond, the, if you listen, if you listen carefully, it sounds like they're chanting uh, or making that 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 noise that those little creatures are doing at, at the beginning of Beyond. Yeah. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I, so I, 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 they're I, uh, 
So basically, the Klingons tried to cure themselves from the um, the uh, augment virus, and they spliced in genes from the little lizard people that are <laughs> tiny and tried to eat Kirk. Yeah, indeed, and and mm, it explains a lot. <laughs> I did explains see everything. I did see that article where someone says here here is why the Klingons might look uh, different. Here is why the Klingons look different, and I'm like, no, it's it's not worth the uh, the time to read it because. Um, these Klingons, the, there's just too much different about them. They're not in between um, um, augment Klingons and normal Klingons, which how, I thought that was brilliant how Enterprise explained why you had some very human-looking uh, Klingons. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I, never, I didn't like the explanation. You know, I, I didn't like I the explanation. I knew, you, I knew you wouldn't. I like that. Everybody else I love, does. No, I mean... I, I like... Sh- I like that, so, you know... Sometimes I just don't want questions answered. You know, it's like Prometheus telling me who the space jockey is or what the space jockeys are an alien. I don't care. You know, I, I don't watch it then. Let's not yeah. get into Prometheus. Yeah. That would it. start a long conversation of like, <laughs> yeah. Great. I prefer the um, I prefer the uh, the ex- you know the the basic sort of mystery side of things because essentially what they had with the Klingons was people talking about it before the internet existed and it was this enduring. I have to say fodder for fan theories. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I like that it was like, we do not talk about it, and that was all we needed to know. But I like the explanation they gave us as well. We didn't need it. I would not have been bothered in the slightest if we never had it, but I liked the explanation they gave us. It was a nice little bit of fan continuity that they threw in there. It was a little bit of fan service, I, w- I, would, I will say. Yeah, but that's it, the word it, I'm looking for, fan service. It, it, did, it did tell me that the people who were making uh, Enterprise were paying attention. You know, they, 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 they knew what they were talking about, they knew what they were writing, they weren't just inventing stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, is, uh, which is what people, a lot of fans like, you know, continuity mm-hmm. and, and canon and preservation of such. Yeah. Which is why a lot of fans are going to have a lot, of, a lot of problems with Discovery. I think I was we're, we're get, just um, going to have to th- throw the continuity book out the window and just take, take Discovery as it and is. Just enjoy it. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think in the case of Klingons, you know, I always get the feeling that if the original series had had a bigger budget, they would have always looked like that anyway. Well, they, you know, they would have, yeah. and that's what Roddenberry always said. I mean, the intention yeah. was, well, this is what they always look like. Yeah. Or these were Northern Klingons and those were Southern Klingons. Where yeah, it yeah. wasn't really. Fans debated it till they were blue in the face, and role-playing games covered it, and books covered it. But yeah. Yeah, there was—I I mean, I agree with you. There was no need to, but I like the explanation we got. Yep. Talking of the Klingons in Discovery, I don't really have a problem with them. I think if, they still look depending the Klingon, on, but they're nicely. Depending, well. I think they're recognizingly recognizably Klingon. I mean, depending on what, I—I I, I don't think it's really any different in theory to what they did to the Borg between TNG the series and TNG the movies. Yeah. They changed the Borg quite yeah. quite quite a lot and in the their better. appearance. And I, for the better as well, I agree. And I suspect that's what we're seeing with the Klingons here. Yep. Maybe it's not. Maybe there's a story reason these Klingons look like this as well. It could be either. We don't know that yet. Well, the Abrams and I think of at the stage looked pretty lame, so I like these ones better. Yeah, I, pro- I probably like these better than the Abrams Klingons. I didn't mind the Abrams Klingons, actually, but I, I, I prefer this. But again, is it just, this is an update, this is what they've always looked like, as far as we're concerned, or is it, there's a reason they look like the this only, only in I, story? The only thing I liked about the Abrams-verse uh, um, Klingons is that they kept the Klingon language. 
they looked mm-hmm. they looked like emo um, body modders to me. <laughs> or as honest trailers yeah. call them, bling-ons. Bling-ons, yeah, indeed. <laughs> the, body, the, 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 the piercings and stuff just seemed utterly pointless, and these are big, tough warriors, and they have piercings all over their bodies that could be ripped out in a close combat. Why would you do that? Indeed. It yeah. just doesn't it make any didn't, sense. And, and they, they use bladed weapons. Things like that can show... I, mean, I, uh, I don't use bladed weapons. Is there not a risk of these things getting caught on things, you know? Yeah. Yep. Oh, you ripped out my... My ridge piercing. <laughs> oh, with your battleth, curse you! They've also got you know they've also got piercings that go right through their bone, so that's you know that's a bit weird. But yeah, that's a bit dangerous, really. I mean, why would you want to put a piercing? Uh, mind Although you, I that, suppose that, be... that is rather distinctly Klingon doing something yeah. like that. Macho. You mean stupid? Not... Yeah, macho. Stupid. We don't care stupid. about the risk of infection. <laughs> yeah, dumbass. Dumbass. It's like when yeah. the we are Cleons, we are dumbasses. Don't tell the there, there, cargo whoever these guys are. Like that. There's a question. What the new Klingons in Discovery? Are they going to change the language, or do you think they're going to honour the established? Klingons? I th- I think they'll. Well, you know what? If Abrams kept the Klingon language, I don't see any reason why these why the people making Discovery wouldn't. Mm. But who knows? It's just. I hope they do. The Klingon language is so ubiquitous at the moment that I don't see why they. There's no reason to. Ch- yeah. There's no reason to change it, is there? Really? I mean, really well, no. you'll need to give them a language, and one already exists. So mm-hmm. you know, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Why, why invent another language and then go uh, go through the rigmarole of making it sound good? Because people will mm-hmm. pick up that they said the same thing twice, and it means yeah. four completely different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when you can just. Use an established language, and bes- yeah. I think that would be the final straw. That if they were to change the language, I think a lot of people will go ah BS and turn off. I, I I think fans may say that. I think if it's popular with the general public, they won't give a rat's ass. Yeah, a rat's they, a, yeah. yeah. but most people I, won't care. To be honest, I think that I, I I'd be very surprised if they did if they even feature the Klingon language. I'd be very surprised if they changed it. Hmm. Um, there's no reason to change it. Why invest money in changing it when you've got it there already? They're not going to waste time on that. Yeah. Unless they can't be bothered wasting time on actually putting proper Klingon dialogue together, in which case you may get waffle. (laughs) Uh, We can't be bothered actually paying someone to put these words together, so just grunt a bit and that'll do. Uh, You know, I don't know. Well, I have heard... I have have it on good authority um, that... Um, they actually wanted um, all sorts of things, like uh, they wanted uh, intricate uh, Vulcan dance scenes, mm-hmm. and like no Vulcans don't dance; they they stand there and look stoic. That's about it. <laughs> you might get a hand raised every so often, but that's about it. They mm-hmm. don't dance. Um, so if they're trying to do things like that. They might do something stupid, like change the uh, the, the Klingon language, but uh, th- this is just hearsay. This is just um, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Uh, we don't know. But um, I'm, I'm hoping they keep the Klingon language intact because that would give them a little the Klingons a little bit more of an yeah. authenticity. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I, like I say, I'd be surprised if they don't, but you just never know. Indeed, uh, I wouldn't. The, I wouldn't have an issue with a Vulcan dance thing, really. I mean, they they have intricate combat rituals so I think some kind of that's a fair point yeah you know, I suppose um, well the think about if you think about it uh, a math a dance could have like mathematical qualities because it's all about control and precision which is very Vulcan 
and they are a musical people as well. So, they are. They are. That is true. Yeah. So I wouldn't have an issue with that myself. It would it would enhance the culture somewhat because you don't really get much of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, that's true. I I get the impression that there's some kind of religious aspect to the Klingons in this trailer. It does does look like that. They're mm-hmm. doing some kind of ritual. It looks like there's a coffin and stuff, or it looks like a coffin, and all the chanting. Uh, so I wonder if they're I don't okay. know. It might just be their, uh, the the new version of the the Great Hall, and they're they're talking about these these uh, humans that have um, invaded their space, and should they destroy them or not? Could be anything. Something I mean, as simple as that. We have next to no mm-hmm. story. In fact, we don't have any story whatsoever. We have a collection of images, you know, and um, we've got the promise of some conflict. We've got the promise of some exploration. We've got the promise of some character development. Um, so those are kind of the three things that Star Trek was criticised for not doing at different points. You know, you get people say there's not enough action, you get people say there's no exploration anymore, and you get people say there's no character development. So that, that trailer covers off those three things. Mm-hmm. In different... Well, in about the same quantity, I would say, actually. So, And I think that... Um, yeah, I think that Star Trek needs a bit of that. I think it needs a... We can do a bit of everything. You know, we're not just going to be the stuffed shirt of the sci-fi world anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't think Star Trek's ever been the stuffed shirt of the sci-fi world. The problem is it's often perceived that way. Yeah, yeah, that's what but, I mean. You know, the no, I think yeah. th- th- those are very fair points. Yeah, I think, um, obviously, people said that uh, Star Trek was like classical music and Star Wars was rock music. You know, and Yeah, I've sense. heard that as well, yeah. yeah. And yeah, Star Trek has always been a bit more deliberate. But that's because it's never had the same mm-hmm. kind of cash that Star Wars has. So you have to fill in the gaps with other things. Yeah, like characters talking. So when they're talking, Story. they're saying interesting things. Plot. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Social conscience. Yeah. Yeah, because they couldn't just you know fire a load of photon torpedoes because they couldn't afford them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until you get to sort of the Voyager formula and its latter seasons, where we'll do a bit of talking. Someone will show up and shoot at us a couple of times in case people get bored, and then the episode will resolve itself. Mm-hmm. That was. I hope we stray away from that kind of formula. I would kind of like when a space battle appears. I want it to be like a big deal, like it was in like Battlestar Galactica. You know, just not every yeah. episode, but when it shows mm-hmm. up, I don't want it to just be a couple of pot shots and then job done. I would like it to be a, a very big thing. That would and be good. We got that with Enterprise, didn't we? Um, especially with the Zindi uh, arc. A- Any time the, uh, there was a, a battle, uh, we got some extensive a- exterior scenes. Uh, Towards the end, because you did. Of the age of Because of the age of CGI, um, yeah. it's much easier to do that now. Uh, back in the... Uh, in, uh, when, with the beginnings of Voyager, DS9, and especially TNG, they were still using motion capture uh, on the models, mm-hmm. and what was it? Uh, what did I see? What did I see quoted? Just the simple flyby was something like a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Yeah, I mean, Enterprise did do more extensive battles, but I think it was still very much those slightly. They were still very much Star Trek space battles. Mm. I'm not quite sure how else to verbalise that. 
the Battlestar Galactica's yeah. space battles just felt more epic. Yeah, uh, I hate to use the word epic, but more more theatrical, more mm-hmm, more theatrical, more cinematic. Yeah. But even the way they were shot, they just felt real in a way that Star Trek ones, as exciting as it can be, don't quite have the same sense of realism about them. Yeah. Maybe it is the lack of sound, I don't know. It was also um, the, the way that the camera would pan, and it was almost mm-hmm. as if someone was... Um, on uh, was controlling uh, was mm-hmm. in a, in an observer craft uh, yeah. manually panning the the camera around. Was, I mean, what, there were times where it would pan round slightly, mm-hmm. slightly overshoot and then come back mm-hmm. and then rock into yeah. position, and it, that lent itself to realism. Yes, I hope one thing we kind of get away from in Discovery is the shields at twenty percent, shields at thirteen percent, shields. <laughs> it's like we've taken a hit on the port aft shields. Enough of the shields. Do something well, different. That doesn't add anything. It's just people. It doesn't add numbers, anything. You know, and oh no, I mean, this number's this like slightly lower than the last number. We're in a little bit more I mean, danger. I, I I understand where they were coming from with that, but it just became more of the same over and over and over again. The yeah. idea, it wasn't in itself a bad thing, but it became overused. It became a trope. I mean, I think one of the things Nemesis did reasonably well although again it used that same trope, was the visuals of the space battles were actually, there was some momentum and some oomph to them, mm-hmm. which sometimes the Star Trek ones don't have. I think Nemesis actually did that reasonably well. Yeah. Yes. Again, they came in the same kind of shields down to 20%, shields failing kind of tropes, but <laughs> the actual mechanics of the battles, the visuals of the battles were reasonably well done. You also had that really nice visual where you had the, um, the Elkar's um, readout Showing the mm-hmm. shields failing with bright red flashing and everything, giving you see that was actually that was actually a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. a real to sense be of fair. Yeah, we actually finally mm-hmm. get to see what they're seeing, and you can see how urgent and how the the computer is screaming at you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the, I always thought the space battle in, Dy- in Nemesis was quite a dynamic one. It was quite uh, well executed. It was it's my favorite um, part. Yeah, it's most people's favourite part, I think. It's one of those... Um, Even right down to the to, to the ramming. Not necessarily required, but it was spectacular. Yeah. Well, it was an idea... The idea was to make Star Trek a bit more Star Wars, I suppose. I think that was the the intent. Especially when the box office mm-hmm. receipts were kind of dwindling, although Nemesis is why we're, we're in a... Well, it's not the reason, but it's the last thing that happened before the, the void that exists now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, other than Enterprise for one more season. Uh, well, we all know why. We all know now why uh, Enterprise really was cancelled. It's because Les Moonves didn't like it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he, it should have gotten another season. And now, he, and now he's head of CBS. So again, that brings me back to: is, are, are, are CBS really just trying to cash in here? Um, well, of course they're. Hope, well, yes. of course they are. Of course, you know course they, they're they out to make money. Indeed, but are they actually going to care about it and actually do it right? I think that question depends on who's working on the show. Yeah, yeah, it is the right time for it because the expanse is very popular. It's very widely talked about. Uh, Dark matter does well, etc. So, um, well, Dark matter does well in terms of people watching it. It never, it, not enough people watch it to, you know. My my feeling is they're going to try and Game of Thrones it a bit. Whether you like Game of Thrones or not, I I like Game of Thrones. It it is kind of 
the style of show of the moment to them, you know, that is the one of the moment everyone talks about, you know. It's the yeah. blue-eyed boy of the the TV show circuit. So I, I'd be surprised if they're not taking taking some cues from Game of Thrones or yeah. The Walking Dead, for that instance, where they've stolen their lead actress actress from. <laughs> Indeed. And um, I wouldn't. Again, it's modern storytelling, though. That's what people mm-hmm. tune into. So I think if they didn't try to borrow certainly the things that make those shows work for people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think The Walking Dead works as a series these days because it's just long, drawn out and boring. I gave up on it yeah. kind of partway through last season to be honest. Yeah. I've not even finished the previous season. Yeah, lots of people... I think people are just abandoning it in droves at this point. But in terms of when those shows were popular, the things that people liked about them, you know, people like the character drama, people like the... Mm-hmm. Um, I guess people quite like to see things... People descend into sort of darker states of being which I think will get some off here because it's a war story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really hope they preserve the, the Roddenberry-esque uh, light tone or lightness and you know optimism and everything else. Mm-hmm. And there is a hint of that in the trailer. You know, they, Michael is very excited about discovery. You Indeed. know, just discovering things and... Yeah, they need to preserve the Star Trek ethos, otherwise it's not Star Trek. Mm-hmm. You know, everything else we can sort of forgive, but if it's not if it's not optimistic and hopeful, then it's not Star Trek. And that's that's my fear that they're going to forget about that. They're going to mm-hmm. go for ratings and not uh and not tell um a proper story. They're going to go for ratings and um just whatever tropes they think are going to um bring them viewership and obviously um because they're trying to uh, rake in spo- uh, membership uh, for their all access. Maybe. Yeah. So that's that's my primary fear still. But um, from from the trailer, I think they're off to a good start. Let's just hope that they ca- uh, that the um, aesthetic and the feelings that we're getting from the trailer echo through the series. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah, I wonder what that. Um, I wonder what that desert planet scene is all about. Like, it's it's just quite interesting. It's because obviously she's just there, and they're talking about uh, talking about her taking her own command. But I wonder. Mm-hmm. If, it seems like the weirdest performance review ever. It's you know, possible that's just some sort of away team, and they, that's just them um, small talking. Yeah, they could be stuck. Could be as simple as that. Well, they're not stuck because they get beamed back up. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but maybe, maybe they're not beaming back up to their original ship. Maybe yeah. they're there to see this other ship. Yeah, it's possible. Maybe it's a uh, maybe it's her mid-year review, and she's mm. finding out how she's doing. Yeah, there's easier ways to do that. You <laughs> just bring her into your office. Well, you know, but I, I like to have my mid-year review on a desert planet. <laughs> what kind of it? Yeah. But anyway, I think we've beaten this trailer to death. Um, there's not much Quite more we possibly. can say about two minutes. Yeah. Should we just talk quickly about the Orville because it's yeah, it's, go on because it connected. looks awesome. I am, I am super excited for it. Yeah, uh, um, I mean, it had it had it had me sold when I as soon as I heard that McFarlane's involved. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll give it a go. Adrian Paliki as well. Yeah, that was a surprise. I didn't know. She, I, I mean, I'd heard very little about this until I saw the trailer. I was like, this looks so good. Oh no, I know. It'll, it'll probably last half a season if it's lucky. Yeah, I knew that she signed up to do. Um, to do that um, after, mm-hmm. shortly after she left Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Her pilot fell through for the other Marvel show that didn't happen. That was a bummer. Yeah. 
Uh, let's get rid of our two, one of our, t- well, two of our best characters. Uh, you were not picking up your show. Oh, crap. We yeah, can't I'm bring still them hoping back they now. bring them back at some point. Yeah, they will. They will. They'll bring. Well, them Shield's back. coming back for another season, so hopefully, yeah, they'll be back. The season that might kill it because it's on a Friday night now. Yeah, but then, yeah, I, I, I do think maybe this is their last season anyway. Yeah, I've not actually seen this season yet. Uh, I've seen good. the first. I saw the first couple of. Uh, Four or five episodes, mm-hmm. maybe, and then I just I just got busy. And Shield is one of the things about Shield is it really always seems to start off very slowly, and then it gets really good. Well, yeah. I think the the three arc structure worked this season. You know, you mm-hmm. had the Ghost Rider arc, you had the second arc that I won't spoil because Sandy's not seen it, mm-hmm. and the third arc, which was outstanding. And I, I mm-hmm. think um, having three mini seasons within a season is is better because it stops them just you know spinning their wheels as often. Yeah, and if the if one of the arcs they're on isn't going that well, at least they'll be over soon. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. And if um, people aren't tuning into it. Yeah, I mean, spinning back to Enterprise, that's kind of what they were doing in season four. That's I mean, the arcs, the arcs were much shorter. There were two or three mm-hmm. episodes at most, and not all of them were that good in terms of spinning out the story, but, you know, they it was a, it was a good little test of something mm-hmm. to do. Uh, but the Orville, yeah, it looks really funny. It reminds me of Galaxy Quest. Yeah. It, it does. Uh, I think what he's, he's borrowing from Galaxy Quest, but also from he's borrowing from Star Trek and Galaxy Quest. And I, I wouldn't be I surprised think... if when we when we watch the episodes, that there's a few other elements borrow, uh, borrowed from other shows. I, I I don't know how much he's borrowing from Galaxy Quest to be honest. I mean, Galaxy, uh, there's obviously some inspiration there, but to be honest, I think more of it is kind of like he's parodying parodying Star Trek. And I mean, from the point of view, Galaxy Quest was really a story about fans. Yeah, it wasn't really. It wasn't really. A, it fans of a Star Trek show. Basically, it was a story about fans. Whereas this is the show. I'm not sure yeah. how I'm putting this very well. This, this is completely different. It's more like it's almost like the Office in space, hmm. which is not what Galaxy Quest was. No, I suppose. I think I think a lot of people are drawing the Galaxy Quest, um, and I certainly did as well, the Galaxy Quest, uh, because of the costumes. I don't think it's an unfair comparison, but I'm not sure that that's what was foremost in their mind. Um, no. it, it, I mean, I, it, it probably had some influence, but I think the main thing is, it, it, it almost feels like they're more parodying TNG than original series as well, because yes. it's yeah. got that kind of TNG vibe to it. it but does. then isn't McFarlane a TNG fan? He is. He's a. Yeah. He's, Early, yeah. he's just a big Star Trek, Star Trek fan. Yeah. In general. How long do you think it's going to be that they get the ratings boost of getting Patrick Stewart on? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. But well, they hey. Why was Patrick Stewart not the Admiral? <laughs> well, maybe that he wasn't makes... available for that long. But yeah. maybe you know he'd do it. He and yeah. Seth MacFarlane. You know, he does yeah. stuff for Seth MacFarlane all the time. Yeah, it's probably availability. American yeah. Dad. Yeah. Waiting. How long is it going to be till the T- till TNG cast members start guest starring? Yeah, uh, I would absolutely love it if Patrick Stewart was the voice of the computer. That would be excellent. Second uh. episode. <laughs> Second episode. Yeah, that would be yeah. cool. Yeah, Brent Spiner. Patrick I mean. Stewart. Patrick Stewart as the computer with a bit of sass. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, Patrick he, Stewart as the voice of the robot. Anything really? I think he would turn have been up. cool. Yeah, that would be cool. It's a Fox show, isn't it? It's, yes, it is. Yeah, which means it will be cancelled within five episodes. Well, that's what Fox. It might go to. Do. It might go to eight. <laughs> My no, what, Fo- what Fox will do 
uh, it, this seems to be something that they really love to do is show it out of sequence mm. having said that Seth MacFarlane's shows keep getting cancelled and then brought back yeah I mean, how many times has Family Guy been cancelled now twice I think and at least he even yeah. he even um, he even mentions it in dialogue it's funny mm-hmm Although to be fair, you know, animated's a completely different ball game than live action. But even so, yeah. and it's I obvious that the um, it's obvious that the Orville obvious it looks quite high budget in some ways, but like the CGI is meant to be. I think it's deliberately kind of crappy. Um, like the bridge, I, I I saw some one person saying, "Oh, that looks crap." Look, the bridge looks like it's directly out of the eighties. And I think you know what the bridge reminds I think me of. That's the point. Mm. Did anyone ever see? And I'd like to stress, I've only ever seen the edited version of this. It's on YouTube. It's got all the um, action scenes cut out. Um, Giles Aston, who played Picard in this um, TNG porno. (laughs) You remember the Next Generation porno? I'm not suggesting you've watched it, but there's an edited version on YouTube that's had all the porn scenes cut out of it. (laughs) So someone cut it down as a fan film. And the bridge on that, that they built for that, looks a lot like this bridge. (laughs) I wonder if they'll make a joke about not shining a black light in that bridge. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> you know, that would be funny. Oh, I, but, wonder if, uh, I wonder if he'll if he'll if he'll squeeze the um, four lights. <laughs> well, but yeah, I mean, I I, I I like the look of it. I agree, it does look like something from the nineties. But as you say, I think that's entirely intentional. Yeah, I think that's the point. And I think the bridge. Someone someone said, "Oh, the bridge looks like they uh, they lost they 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 ran out of uh, budget." I think, no, I think that's entirely the point. I have to say, if I was building a fan film bridge for a TNG era film, I would totally use that set. Yeah, that looked quite <laughs> would good. would work for a TNG fan film, era yeah. fan film, totally. Yeah, it would. Yeah. My fear is that it's just Maybe after they're cancelled, Seth can send it to me. <laughs> Maybe. I, 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 think that's, I think that's a fair concern, is, yeah. you know... It's funny, all funny in the trailer, but can they kind of keep that up for a, an entire series? Are it, all the best jokes in the trailer? I don't know. Yeah. Mind you, you know, Family Guy repeats itself a lot, but it's still a funny show, yeah. so Indeed. I guess it, you may well find there's a lot of the same gags repeat themselves. Conceptually, it feels a bit like powerless in that sense, you know, as in it's it's set in a semi-series world, but it's this comedy uh-huh. involving all these misfits or whatever, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think powerless. The the actual joke ran out after about three or four minutes for me. So uh, never I never watched I, it. So yeah, I was done with it after that, and then it got canned. Right. Funnily enough, but uh, it got, well, it I I, I, I I don't predict predict a long life for this, but I hope I'm wrong. W- it looks like I fun. wonder if it's going to be a little bit like Johnny English, but in space. You know how when Johnny English <laughs> he thinks he knows what he's doing, but yeah. actually he's not. He doesn't. Maybe. Well, it Maybe. sets up the premise right away. And his ex-wife's going to be the competent one. Yeah, yeah, I think. I must admit, I loved, I loved the banana gag, and the two. And actually, I think the two, the two are going to play out really well off each other. Yeah. Because that scene with the banana, they were actually really, they played the comedy really well between the two of them. Yes. Um, and that's not easy to do, but there was, there was a definite kind of chemistry and spark there, and yeah, that that was pretty cool. Comedy's not easy. No. Um, um, and they pulled that scene off very nicely. So for me, anyway, that gives yeah. me hope. It's interesting that we're going to have two Star Trek shows at effect on later this year. <laughs> and, yeah, you know. this just makes me want to go and do a sci-fi parody now instead. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah. So the Orville. Looking forward to it. Um, circle Indeed. back to Discovery to wrap up. I think. Uh, 
you know, despite the some of the ropey visual effects and Doug Jones' rubbery face, I'm looking forward to it. I think, I think it's interesting. I want to see modern Star Trek. I'm looking forward to modern Star Trek. I want to see something a bit different. Let's hope it is. That's what it is. Well, I'm going to hold to the IDIC principle. Yep. And uh, just give it its ch- give it its fair chance. At the end of the day, I think if, if I, th- I, I will be a bit controversial here, and I'll say that all those people who are saying I'm not going to watch this because uh, it looks crap, uh, they've changed the Klingons, they've changed the aesthetic. You're close-minded, and you're probably going to cheat yourself out of uh, a good experience. And a lot of those people will still watch it. Some of them will. Yeah, I mean, there, there are people, a couple of people I know that are not going to watch it for because of uh, certain lawsuits and everything like that, and uh, or heavy-handedness of um, uh, of CBS. And fair enough, okay, but not going to watch. You're not going to watch it because you don't like the look of the Klingons or you don't like the look of uh, the bridge. Come on. <laughs> I I will abs. I I love the trailer. I liked what I saw. I will absolutely tune into this. If I don't like it when I watch it. I'll give it a chance for a few episodes and then I might stop. But I suspect I'm going to enjoy it and I'll watch yeah. it. And um, it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. If people don't want to watch it, that's great. I'm not going to argue with them. Go watch no, something else. I, I will watch the entire series and judge it on that. Yeah. Absolutely. Because the first couple of episodes can always be very wobbly. Yeah. I always or think the, the test of a show is the second episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, or yeah. in TNG's case, the third <laughs> season. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, that's not fair. Season two had some really good episodes, but you know. I don't think TNG as it were as it is would would work today. Uh, oh you know, God, the way, TNG. The way, the way it yeah. was wobbly, the, the it's wobbly storytelling and everything like that, and the way it took two and a half seasons to I, to really find its feet. I and how preachy it is, under, or was. But TNG would uh, today's TV net, TV um, environment TNG wouldn't have lasted th- past its first couple of episodes. I mean, it was a dreadful first season. <laughs> There's a couple of watchable episodes in there, but te- it was awful. Yeah, and like it, I say, I mean, the first half. I mean, the first few. Epi- There's maybe half a dozen episodes in season two that I think are pretty good, but most of season two is kind of dry and dull as well. Although, to be fair. I like the way season two looks. It feels like they're still out on the frontier. It's got that. It feels like it's got that kind of frontiery feel about it. Whereas later, it just feels more kind of like then within safe space. Later, <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't obviously, quite, I think it's just the way they shot it and everything. Yeah, modern television being what it is, uh, a TV show doesn't get two seasons to find its feet before getting canned. Mm-hmm. If, if people aren't no. responding to it within the first three or four episodes, it's, it's, on, mm-hmm. that's it. it's on its and last that, legs. That, you know. and, and that's the, that's the fear here. I, I fear that it might actually turn out to be really good, in, in my opinion, and I might in, uh, start enjoying it, only for just, just enough people uh, to not watch it uh, to get it canned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then... And then if they can it within a couple of episodes, then we're not going to see Star, uh, Star Trek on the small screen for a long time. Oh, God, no. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's exciting. We're getting Star Trek Oh, that Trek would make back. some it's people brilliant. happy, wouldn't it? Yeah, it <laughs> would make some people happy. Yeah. And that's well, the problem. Yeah. Yeah, but we're getting Star Trek again, and that's, that's something to be excited about. And it certainly is. 
as a fan, and, it's certainly something to be excited about. Yeah, and I'll be reviewing it every episode, but uh, I dare say we should uh, get you know do a podcast now and again every mm-hmm. couple of episodes or something. Sounds good. I think we should. I mean, certainly, if it la- if it lasts the season, uh, we could certainly um, maybe do two or three podcasts over over the season. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not make them quite so long. I think. You know, considering how long we've discussed the trailer, um, several episodes worth of discussion could keep us going for about three days. Yeah, indeed. Well, I think um, we've barely talked about the trailer. I think we spent more time talking about other things. But um, <laughs> that's true. That is very. But true. that's, that's what happens with Star. That's what happens with Star Trek. You get launched into everything. But yeah. Um, how does that T-shirt go? Do not mention Star Trek around this person, otherwise you'll start a long, long diatribe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think on that yeah. note we should wrap up. Um, yep. Go back to our real lives, such as they are. Indeed. We'll make some Elkars panels. <laughs> I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> I'm going to go and review the season finale of Supernatural. Groovy. Yeah, but if oh, you're listening to this... I've only, I've, I've only ever watched the... Oh, I think I've only kind of partway through season three on that, but... Um, Season thirteen, they're coming to. They're doing a Scooby Doo crossover. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah they're um, doing an animated episode yeah. where they cross into Scooby Doo's universe or something. Supernatural's brilliant in that. It I'm does totally going to watch episodes. that. Yeah, it does meta episodes, and it doesn't again. take itself at all seriously. I actually quite like it. I just don't get a lot of time to watch yeah. anything these days. It takes itself seriously enough of the time, um, but they do an episode yeah. every now and again that's just insane. You get an episode where I forget what seasons it's in, but they end up in the real world um, and, and people think they're the actors playing those that play the characters it's insane but it works uh, well the, we watched one last night actually from season three and it was with the ghost faces it was <laughs> yeah. slightly bizarre it was yeah, like it, really please tell me those assholes don't come back again well they do they do but... oh great they're annoying it, it gets I more bizarre as, yeah it gets more bizarre as time goes on you'll see some really crazy meta episodes later Oh well. But that's the beauty of it. Righty ho. So on that, on note, that note, I'm going to sign off. Yes. Aye. Um, thank you thank for joining you me chat. for this occasional trailer chat. My pleasure. It's been awesome. Yeah. And, uh, it's been fun. Listeners, you can catch us on iTunes, YouTube, or any major podcasting app. So please do join us on the next Neil Before Pod. Mm-hmm.